Amen. Praise the Lord. Ain't that good? Praise. Come on. Praise the Lord this morning. Amen. All right. Let's get to the word of God. Go to Matthew, the gospel of Matthew in the New Testament, chapter one. All right. Chapter one. Yes. So exciting. Amen. So the women had an amazing night, Friday night. There's an opportunity for the men to gather to do something for Christmas. We're going to have a Christmas skeet shoot. Uh, December, December 17th. <laughs> if you're interested in that, um, there'll be a, a text that'll be sent out to the men uh, regarding that. If you're into that and you'd like to do that, a couple, uh, as a, maybe we can get together and, you know, and just go and uh, fellowship that way. But we'll send out a text to you on that. I just wanted to throw that out there. It'd be like early in the afternoon on the 17th of December. Okay, cool. And I feel like I'm forgetting something else. Am I forgetting anything else? Where's Elizabeth, our admin coordinator? I saw her sitting in the congregation. Am I forgetting anything else? Staff, elders, anybody? Okay, I don't know. It's all right. Okay, let's get to, the, to God's word. I'm excited. We're going to continue our series. We've been talking over the last month or so. You know, hello, my name is God. And we've been talking about the different names of God uh, that he has revealed himself in scripture that shows his nature, his characteristics, his attributes, and, and ways that when we understand the revealed names of God, we can understand God better. We know God better. We understand that he is Elohim, the creator, sovereign God. He's awesome. He's great. He creates everything. He creates life. We know him as Adonai, our Lord and master that we submit to. He is El Elyon that Pastor Jonathan spoke about last week, the almighty God, the mighty God, right? And he's Jehovah, the relational covenant personal God, okay? So we've been talking about those and we're going to continue that, but we're going to we're going to flip over and start talking about the names that Jesus is described by, by the, in the next couple of weeks, okay? So we're going to talk about Jesus and some of his descriptive names for the next four weeks. And I start this message off by asking a question, have you ever been alone? Think about that for a moment. How many have been alone before? Yeah, almost all of us have, right. You know, uh, the kind of alone where no one is around you, the kind of aloneness where you feel just so isolated. And it's actually kind of scary. In, if you sit in that position for too long, it kind of gets uneasy. It gets a little bit unnerving. And, and sometimes it can be a little bit frightening to be in that kind of a state where you're just alone. Where you feel like there's nobody around or nobody gets you or, or, or no one's there to help you, okay? It's kind of a funny illustration from my life. My mom and dad, when I was growing up as a young kid in the late 70s and, and the 80s, how about my 80s people, anybody? I was weak, man. Come on, 80s. You gotta be proud, you know? We're so high, we're so mighty, we're the class of 1990. Come on, you know? <laughs> anyway, anyway. So my mom and dad love to shop at a, at a place called, I mean, we, we're there all the time, man, Kmart. Anybody know Kmart? Let me see. Anybody knows Kmart? Awesome. How many have never heard of Kmart? Anybody in here? A few of you? This was ages, really, before Walmart and Target were really, really popular. I mean, Walmart didn't come to Indiana to like, the, the late in the 80s, and it was just like a few stores, okay? But there were Kmarts everywhere. And, and my mom and dad, that's where we shopped all the time. And um, they loved the blue light special, and that was a feature of Kmart. How many remember the blue light special? Let me tell you, if you're not familiar what the blue light special is, <laughs> they need to bring that baby back. There was this box with a pole and it had a blue light on it, and they would roll it all around the store. And at various times, and that's where the sale was going on. And everybody ran to the blue light special. Okay. I think my mom and dad, they just hovered around the blue light. Well, anyway, as soon as we walked through the door, dude, off I would go. I mean, I didn't even, I even really say anything to my mom and dad anymore. They just realized what was happening. And I would run straight to the toy section. <laughs> 
okay? I would run straight to this toy section and, and I, I would just, and you know, I would be yelling in the past, I'm going off to the toys. And they're like, okay, see you later, Gregory. All right, okay. Man, we wouldn't even think about letting our kids do that today, would we? I, no way. I mean, it's like, you're not going anywhere because there's deviants out there. You're going to stay right here by my side, okay? You're not even going to go to the bathroom by yourself. But back then, dude, my mom and dad were like, get out of my face. All right, go do what you're going to do and let me shop. And I would walk and meander up and down the toy aisles and just dream and stuff. And, and, and at that time when I was growing up, you know, they had these, this electronic station where they had this, it was, it was an old console called the Atari 2600, and they had, see, we're getting some memories here now, aren't we, you know? Um, and then they had some other things, but they had it set up on a, a screen, and you could literally play those games. And I would sit there, it felt like hours while my mom and dad were shopping, just playing these video games or watching other kids play these games. And I'd get lost in the moment, and then finally I'd be like, I'd have this realization, dude, what, where's my mom and dad? They should have come and got me by now. And, and so I would, all of a sudden, this panic would fill my heart, and I would start searching through the store, looking for them. I, you know, I'd start off in the women's section, because that's where my, I knew my mom was. You know what I mean? It's a very foreign area to me, but I would travel through that jungle, okay, and, and looking for my mom, and I couldn't find her anywhere. I couldn't find my dad anywhere. And I, I would go all the store, all over the store, and they were nowhere to be found, and so what would happen? I would panic and start going all over the place and, and I would feel so isolated without my parents. They were my protection. They were my shield, okay? And, and with that aloneness came fear. I became so afraid, so afraid. You know, and growing up as a pastor's son, I thought the rapture had happened often, you know, and I'd been left behind, you know, and that filled me with even more fear and stuff. But I would continue looking for them until uh, they found me. They would stumble upon me. And then, oh, I would, I would feel so secure and safety and peace. Or I'd go to the front and I would tell them, you know, the little front desk, I'm lost. And you get a, is there a Greg Isaacs here? Your son is lost. Anybody, I, they don't do that anymore today because kids don't run around. But they would announce me over the, the PA speaker and they, my mom and dad would come find me. And then when they found me, I felt peace, I felt secure, I felt safe. Why? Because I knew I wasn't alone anymore. I knew I wasn't alone anymore. My father and my mother had found me. Let's read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Let's speak that name again, Jesus. Amen. For he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Now here the gospel writer is quoting from the Old Testament, a prophecy. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Praise the Lord. Emmanuel. Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. It means God himself is with us. It means Elohim, creator, sovereign God. El Elyon, the almighty God. Adonai, our master, our Lord is with us. And when we think about God being with us, what does that truly mean? Have you, have you really ever thought about that? Or is that something we just kind of take for granted that God is with us? Listen, this is an amazing, beautiful spiritual truth this morning that God is with us. He's with me. He's with you. 
If you're watching online, he's with you. If you've made Christ your Savior and your Lord, you have submitted your life to him, you've taken up your cross, and you're following Jesus, God is with you. Listen, isolation is a terrible thing. Being alone is a frightening thing. No one really wants to be alone, do they? Now, hold on, I understand uh, as adults and even students in college and high school and stuff, there are many times in our hectic, crazy, busy lives where we long for and strive for and we wish for just a few moments of silence. <laughs> if I could just get away for a little bit, right? A little bit of isolation, just a little bit of me time. How many like a little me time? Come on, don't lie. Raise your hand, everybody, if you like. Okay, there you go, right. And when we get these moments, what do we do? Man, we cherish them, don't we? We treat them as valuable and gold. We cherish these moments. For instance, a mom and dad, there's, there's, there's kids running all over the house. It's hectic. It's loud. It's chaotic. It's crazy. Anybody's house like that? Okay. Sometimes isn't it nice just to get away, go get a haircut, uh, go shopping, run over to Walmart or HEB just to grab something, just to get out of the house? How many would say it's nice to do that every now and then, Right? The guy or the gal that's surrounded by coworkers and endless and endless demands. And sometimes it's nice just to, to get some alone time. Maybe the, you have that favorite storage closet or no one else knows and you just pop in there for just a few brief minutes just for some silence, you know? <laughs> students at college are bombarded with classes and students and there's all around you and sometimes it's nice just to get and be alone by yourself. I mean, the holiday season's upon us, Right? And usually with the holiday season, that means families get together. And that's great, but sometimes you know what that means, right? <laughs> and you're tempted to ask what Audrey Griswold asked her mom. Would it be indecent to ask the grandparents to stay at a hotel? You know what I mean? <laughs> so we can be alone once we do all that stuff, right? Dude, life gets hectic. It's so busy. A lot of times we need a vacation just to get away from it all. Life can be like an old soap commercial where there's a lady who's at her wit's end. I don't know, it must be a nostalgic Sunday. I don't know, but that's okay. But she's yelling and pulling her hair out and then there's a picture behind her showing. She goes, the traffic, the boss, the baby, the dog. She even threw the dog in there, okay? And then she says, how God, take me away. And then she's wished over to her bathroom and it's like this nice, luxurious bubble soap bath and all of her cares are gone away. You know what I mean? Sometimes we want to be that way. I know in our household, there's sometimes I'll come in, I'll go to our bathroom and it's like barred and doored and chained and locked. And I'm like, hey, and she's like, get away. I'm having a Soak in the tub. It's alone time. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, kids, get away, get away. We're all that way though, right? Yeah. Maybe you do some things, you do something I do often. I do this a lot. I pull up to the house and I just turn the car off and I just, I sit there for a few moments. Anybody else? I just sit there. Radio's off. I just sit there in silence, especially if a, a breeze is ice is blowing. I'll, I'll roll down the windows and I'll just, I just sit there for a few moments. I love doing that. But I have noticed that lately I've been falling asleep when I do that. <laughs> and I wake up and I look around as the neighbors looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? You know what I mean? I don't recommend that, okay? Yeah, we, we love moments of alone time, don't we? But again, let that alone time linger and linger and linger and linger and linger or something happens and we find ourselves alone. Something inside of us awakens and says, okay, I, I need people around me. Even if you're an introvert, you still need people. I mean, go off to the beaten path for some, for some time, and honestly, you're going to start missing people. Be alone enough, and, and you might even start creating and imagining people. Uh, like Tom Hanks in that, that one movie where he had that, you know, Wilson the volleyball. I, I hope no one has Wilson in their home or their car, you know, right? <laughs> but but why, why are we like that? Why do we start longing for people? Because, gang, we're never created to be alone. We're never created to be alone. I did an entire series last year called Community We Don't Walk Alone based on Acts 2, 41 through 47 because we're never created to be by ourselves. 
you and I were never created to, to be isolated. Listen, aloneness and isolation, these negative aspects of it, I'm not talking about just the, I need to get alone for a few minutes or vacation. or No, no, I'm, I'm talking about a spiritual, a habitual way of life, all that kind of thing. Those negative aspects of aloneness and isolation, they are not from God. They're not from God. In the Old Testament book of Genesis, we see that God created the very first human being. What was his name? Good job, Bible students, okay? Have you ever noticed that God didn't create Eve, his wife, right away? He didn't create Eve right away. I mean, guys, God could have, he's Elohim, creator God. He spoke and it happened. He could have created Eve in the very same breath and the very same moment that God created Adam. But he didn't. He didn't create Eve until after everything else was created. And before you ladies chime in with, well, God created women last of all creation because he saved the best for last. I knew what some of you are thinking, all right? <laughs> women are the best, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, I hear you. I think there's another reason why God waited to create Eve, okay? <laughs> but the best was last. Sorry, guys. I mean, women are better, all right? Um, I think God waited a little while to create Eve to teach us a lesson. And God does that a lot in Scripture, right? How many of you learned a lesson by reading Scripture? All of us should raise our hand, okay? Perhaps God created Eve to show and illustrate that he never intended us to be alone. Listen to Genesis 2, 18 through 22. Let's look at the word about this. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Boom, okay? I will make a helper who's just right for him. So the Lord God formed them from the ground, all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, the birds, the wild animals, but there was still no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. That's some massive anesthesia, spiritual anesthesia. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. So here's Adam, the only human in existence, the only one. And then here's all these animals that are already living in community. They're already in community with each other, okay? But not Adam. He's like, uh, that's not my kind. Uh, nope, uh, nope. Hippopotamus, you know what I mean? It's like, no, there's no, nothing like him, okay? He's probably looking around seeing all the animal kingdom and he's like, dude, I am all by myself. And so he maybe feels his need for someone and, and then that need could only be filled by someone like him. And God says, it's not good for man to be alone. Did you guys hear what God said? It's not good. It's not a good thing to be alone. So God had the solution all ready to go and that was in Eve. Genesis chapter 2, 21 through 24, we read there that, you know, God took that McRib out of Adam, you know what I mean? And uh, sorry, we saw that commercial last night, it's just in my mind. <laughs> and uh, created Eve out of that rib from man and closed it up. I know many men have, over the years have said, I want that rib back, God, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sorry, it's not going to happen that way, guys. And then he created them together, man and woman. You get that? Man and woman one flesh, that's the only type of marriage right there. There's your answer to all gender questions right there. One man, one woman, God joined together for one lifetime. That's good preaching. A little apologetics there, okay? Listen, God, not, God did not create us to be alone, to live in isolation, or to be loners. A lifestyle of separation or staying away from people isolation, listen, that, that, that kind of attitude doesn't come from the Lord. So, so you ask, so then where does that negative aspect of, of aloneness come from? Yet again, we find that answer in Scripture. 
In Genesis chapter two, we see our first parents, Adam and Eve, what do they do? They transgressed God's command. They ate from a certain tree. That very act of disobedience brought sin, shame, and loneliness. Adam and Eve had regular fellowship with the Lord, walking with him in his creation. But Genesis chapter three, verse eight says that after they sinned, after the fall, they hid themselves from God because they were ashamed. They felt the alienation. They felt that distance. They felt the isolation from God and they hid from him. So they were cast out of the Garden of Eden and since that day, there has been a separation from God due to our sin, a breaking of the relationship, a breaking of that fellowship between us and Jehovah relational God. And listen, here's another note to take. Anytime you feel an urge to withdraw from God or to withdraw from the people of God, or you have an urge to pull away from church, that is never, ever a good thing. That should be a red flag to you right away that something is not right in your heart, okay? Listen, the negative aspects of loneliness and aloneness came when sin entered the world, when sin entered, and we're all guilty of sin. Paul writes that. Paul talks about that. How we are all guilty, okay? But praise God. Praise the Lord. Just like God had a plan for Adam and his aloneness, God had a plan and a solution for mankind's aloneness brought by sin. And that's one big thing we're celebrating this season. All of the lights, the trees, the the Christmas songs, the festive parties, the gifts, the fig pudding. Anybody ever had fig pudding? I've never had that. Next time we have a big thing, I want somebody to make fig pudding, okay? (laughs) All of the frolicking and caroling, the kith and kin, you know? (laughs) If you know, you know, all right? All of that, all of this, we are celebrating God's plan and solution for humanity's aloneness. That's Christmas, gang. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You're not alone. Emmanuel means you are not alone. It means God is with you. Listen, Jesus is the solution to humanity's loneliness, especially spiritual aloneness. Jesus is the solution for that that innate feeling of alienation and distance and isolation and aloneness spiritually from God that we inherited from our first parents in Adam and Eve. And then it also came from our own sin and our own transgressions against a holy God. And sadly, this spiritual loneliness, what happens, it, it filters and goes through the rest of our lives and it begins to even show itself with others. God's plan of Jesus being the solution to all of that and this was prophesied in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. That's why the gospel writer Matthew writes in verse 22 regarding the virgin birth, this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Which prophet? The prophet Isaiah. And he writes in his Old Testament book, Isaiah chapter seven, verses 10 through 14. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, who is king of the southern kingdom of Judah at this time. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or as high as the heavens. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. So King Ahaz of the lineage of the greatest Israeli king, King David, was a bad and wicked king over God's people. 
and he became grossly afraid because a coalition of armies from the north was about to come down and attack him. And right behind them was the massive Assyrian army who were going through the land, ravaging the land, wiping entire kingdoms off the map with their military might and their barbaric brutality. So it made him very afraid. And God sent the prophet Isaiah to go and tell the king not to worry. God had this under control. They wouldn't be harmed by this alliance of the 10 northern tribes and Syria and even Assyria on top of that. So God tells the prophet Isaiah, hey, ask a sign so that you'll know. But Ahaz refuses to ask for a sign. And he did this because he had already went to the king of Assyria to make a peace pact with him. King Ahaz circumvented God. He went around God and sought peace with a pagan king. And he trusted in man instead of God. Well, God says, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to give you a sign anyway, Ahaz. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now that you, Y-O-U in there with God talking to King Ahaz, in the Hebrew, it's plural. So it's God not only talking to King Ahaz, but all of humanity for all time. You, okay? God had promised Israel's second king, the great King David, that he would have an heir on the throne forever. Yet this was such a critical time in Israel's history. The powerful Assyrians, they weren't far off. They could have come down and wiped the entire nation off the planet, thus ending the Davidic lineage. And this sign to King Ahaz was that the throne and the lineage of David would continue and be preserved until one born of a virgin would eventually be the king on the throne forever. Amen. And we actually see that with Jesus. Because after Jesus, there's no new descendant of David. Jesus is the king forever, praise the Lord. So here's the sign to King Ahaz in a nutshell, if I can use that phrase. A sign, listen, that even in the worst case scenario, impending doom is upon them, yet God is with them. Man, let that speak to you this morning. Even in the worst, God is with them. Such a dramatic, critical, and fearful time for Ahaz, yet God gives him a promise. You don't have to fight him alone. You're not gonna be by yourself. I'm with you, and the answer is me. Guys, this is a prophecy for us today because Jesus fulfills this Old Testament prophecy. Listen to uh, just a couple chapters later, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Many of you can quote this by heart. You can go to Hobby Lobby and it's probably plastered on signs you can hang on your, your walls, even right now. For, un, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of this prophecy. And it shows, gang, amen. It shows even in our worst moments Even in our worst times, God is with us. No matter what life throws our way. And life throws a lot of things our way, right? Listen to me, I'm, I'm not trying to be down or, you know, Debbie down or anything like that. But we don't, honestly don't know what tomorrow will bring, do we? We don't know what tonight will bring. Well, the minute we leave this congregation and walk out the doors and get in our cars, we don't know what's gonna happen. We live in uncertain times. Yet we can be one thing, certain of one thing. God is with us. People may leave us. People may hurt us, wound us, leave us out to dry. But God is still with us. 
You may take a stand for Christ and everyone leaves you. The group says, I don't have nothing to do with you. Your family says, I don't want to have nothing to do with you because you're a holy roller. You're, you're, you're too into Jesus and all that. But listen, God is still with you. You're not alone, praise the Lord. Why? Because I know that's good news, amen? Praise the Lord. Why? Because God became a baby. God was in the crib that Christmas morning. Isaiah wrote that a child is born, but a son is given to us, amen? He was given to all of humanity, praise the Lord. That describes the nature of Jesus. He's God who became a man, lived a perfect life, went through everything we go through, but did it without sin so that he could be the perfect sacrifice to atone for our unrighteousness and our sins. Guys, Christmas is so much more than the lights, the tinsel. Anybody use tinsel anymore? I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) Bring it back! (laughs) It's more than, it is messy, ain't it? It is, it's nasty. I hated that stuff, man, jeez. Trees, it's more than trees, it's more than decor. It's more than gift giving. It's more than all of this stuff. Christmas is about the God of Israel caring so much for his creation that he sent his son to be with us and to redeem us and to save us and we wouldn't have to be alone anymore. And that's good news. Emmanuel, God with us. We're not alone because he knows us. He knows what we experience and he knows what we go through. I love this so much. It's not just God made us or God thinks about us, or God is over there, or God's the man upstairs with the plan. No. No, it's that God is with us personally. God's with us. And a sign to King Ahaz and his, and, and his nation is a sign for us. Anyone who feels like the stress is getting to be too much, anyone who feels like they're in trouble There's a coalition of armies attacking you. The threat of disaster from the Assyrians is looming. Circumstances are pressing in. Maybe your finances are hurting. Life is crushing. Nothing seems to be going right. There's unease on every corner. Sleepless nights of worry and tears and crying. Burdens are heavy. Marriages may be failing. Loneliness begins to creep in because of all these things. We can take heart and comfort and strength knowing that God is with us. God is with you. And often, gang, in this life, I, I, I think it's because this life has gotten so crazy, the stress, the busyness, but also I think what really compounds to our feelings of loneliness and aloneness is, is, is the internet and how we're, we're, always have to, we're always on, right? We've, we've always got to be on. The constant checking of our phones, right? You know, check, check, check. Updating our status, posting, getting the likes, getting the hearts, wondering what everybody's gonna think about our posts and things. We've gotta put out the, the Facebook greeting card, you know? Social media. And we're surrounded by people. Surrounded by people all over the place, but yet because of this, we can feel so alone inside. You guys realize just May this year, the U.S. Surgeon General issued a statement saying there's a new epidemic in our land affecting billions of people. It's an epidemic of loneliness. The Surgeon General came out and made a declaration there's an epidemic of loneliness affecting billions of people. And he further said that technology has rapidly exacerbated this loneliness problem and social media is driving the increase in loneliness. And today you could be married and have kids running around and going crazy and life looks like it's fulfilling, but inside you, can, you just feel alone and lonely. Maybe you're unmarried here today, you're searching and longing for a partner and you just feel so alone. You may be a person and people look at you and say, dude, they've just got it all together. I want my life to be like them. But yet you inside, you feel alone. Listen, with Jesus, a major message of Christmas is this. Emmanuel, God is with you. You're not alone. You're never alone. Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But Jesus Christ, you are never alone. So practically, before we pray this morning, we're gonna take communion. 
but practically for the believer in Christ. Did you get that, Jeremy? For the believer in Christ, what does it mean that Emmanuel, God, is with us? You can see these in your Creek notes in the back of the bulletin. Number one, it means that we're indwelt by his spirit. This is so wonderful. We are indwelt by his spirit. The apostle Paul writes about this in Romans chapter eight, verse nine. He says, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. What Paul is indicating there, you can play church, you can play good moral guy, upstanding citizen, do all the good works and good things and try to live the good life all you want. But if you've not made Christ your Savior and your Lord, nothing. He doesn't know you and you don't know him in a relationship. So we're indwelt by his spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is in you, giving you strength and empowerment and courage and direction. You have the helper, John 14, 26, with you and in you. And oh, how I need help. How about you? The second thing that God with us means is that Christ himself lives in us and through us. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What what does that mean? It means it's not about you anymore. It's about Christ. And that's a sign of spiritual maturity. If all things are just about you and you and you, you need to grow up to where everything becomes about Jesus Christ living in and through you. Amen? Number three, we can never be separated from his love. That's what Emmanuel, God, with us means. We can never be separated from his love. I love the passage of scripture from the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter eight, verses 38 through 39. Paul says that I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord. He loves you. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. And nothing in this world or beyond or person can separate you from his love. There are a lot of things can, and people can be coming against you, but God loves you and he's with you and nothing's ever gonna change that truth, hallelujah. Number four, we're more than conquerors or victorious through him. That's, mean, that's what it means when God's with us. Romans 8, 37, knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Number five, he personally walks with us through everything and he helps us. Hebrews 13, five and six, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. You see, God's presence, him being with us, it overcomes our fear, our worry, our dissatisfaction, our anxiety, our questions about tomorrow because we know we're not alone and he's with us and he'll provide for our needs, Philippians 4.19. And there's been times in my life I'll start to feel worry or anxious or fearful or, or all kinds of different descriptive emotions that I know really aren't from the Lord, it's from humanity and stuff. And what I can do, what I've done, get alone in God's presence. Begin to pray or sing a worship song. I invite his presence in and guess what? His presence dissipates those other things. Because as the word says, in his presence, the psalmist writes, is fullness of joy. So listen, and whatever you might be facing right now, And I mean right now, this very second, you guys online watching as well, whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're experiencing with Christ as your Savior and your Lord, God is walking with you, praise the Lord. He is walking with you. 
You may look around and say, God, I, I, it doesn't seem like it. I don't, I don't know if he, he is, because he's promised us that. I love the old poems of the, the poem about the friend parents. Maybe he's carrying you at this time, but he is walking with you right now and whatever you're going through. Jake, if you guys want to come up. And the last one this morning is he personally, personally knows you. He knows your highs and lows. He knows your goods and bads. He knows your strengths and your weaknesses. And you're not alone. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16, the apostle Paul writes, and what union can there be, be between God's temple and, and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. He walks with us again, see? And I'll be their God and they'll be my people. The psalmist writes in Psalm 139, 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered, praise the Lord. You may have low self-esteem here this morning. Listen, God thinks highly of you. God thinks highly of you and you're not alone. I hope you can hear this morning what this means. Emmanuel, God with us, applies and implies. No matter what happens, no matter what comes your way or my way, what we face or what we're up against, Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. It's the same message that God told King Ahaz back then, who's about to be annihilated. He says, I'm with you. And I'm with my people. And he tells us that today through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm with you. I'm with you. So if you're facing loneliness this morning or you feel alienated or isolated, take heart. Because if Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, you're never alone. It's just like when I was that kid running around the, the department store and I felt so alone and so afraid. The moment, the moment I even saw my mom and dad, they turned the corner. They came from behind a, a rack of clothing. The very instant I saw them, all of that went away. King, that's how it can be with our Lord. The moment we look to him and run to him and get into his presence, he comforts us, provides for us, helps us, and he walks with us. Jesus found you. He found you. He's with you. Just call out to him, whisper his name, and experience his presence. Now, if you're not in Christ, you've never made Jesus your Savior and your Lord. You've, you've never came to him. And so, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've fallen. I've failed. I'm no good. I've tried to live on my own but I come to you and I repent and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me. That's what John writes in 1 John 1. is like, if we confess that we are sinners, he's just and he'll forgive us and he'll wash us and cleanse us. But if you've never done that, listen, you're living in loneliness spiritually. You're apart from God. You don't have his blessing. You don't have his peace. You don't have his protection. But what he's saying to you this morning is come. Jesus, I feel his presence right now. Jesus has come to me, all you who labor, you're weary, I'll give you rest. What are you waiting for? Make Christ your savior and Lord today and you'll never be alone again. Praise the Lord. We're gonna take communion this morning and if those that are gonna pass out the element, they'll come and take their place now. And as, as we get out in the aisles in a minute and come down to grab our elements and go back to your seat and I'll lead you in the scripture. And then we're gonna sing, oh, come all you faithful. Or come, let us adore him, sorry. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I would implore you, if you've not done that or you're not going to do that today, then don't, 
How can you remember the body of Christ and the sacrifice? How can you honor that? But you... But the beautiful thing is, all you gotta do is say yes to Jesus. Paul writes in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse nine, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior with your mouth, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved that fast. That fast. You don't have to go through a religious class or religious ceremony. You don't have to go through traditional hoops and do things. No, that fast. You're his. You're not alone anymore. He's with you. He becomes Emmanuel, God with you, instantly. Instantly. So I'd implore you, make Christ your Savior and Lord this morning in your seat as you're in the aisles walking down. When you get the elements and you go back, bow and say, humble yourself and say, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. Live in my heart. And for those of you who have taken up the cross, you're a disciple of Jesus. Recommit this morning. Don't let this be, you know, tradition. Don't let it just be routine. Don't let it be going through the motions. Oh, I guess we got to go down the aisle again. No, let it be fresh and new. This is about Jesus Christ who left the splendor of heaven for you <laughs> to be with you. He's so good. Come on, let's come get our elements this morning as these serve you. Amen. Three aisles. Adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. We're never alone. Hallelujah. Worthy for he alone is worthy for he alone is worthy Christ the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, Christ the Lord. Come, let us adore him. Let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Come, let us adore him, Christ. Let us adore 
Him Christ the Lord Jesus Thank you Jesus First Corinthians eleven twenty eight says, "We should examine ourselves before eating the bread and drinking the cup." Lord, wash us, cleanse us, forgive us of our sins, sins of omission, Lord, where we fail to do what's right, and sins of commission, Lord, where we have committed sins against Your holiness and Your Word. Wash us this morning. Lord, we call upon you as our Savior and our Lord. Thank you for dying for us and going to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you said in John 6, 35, that you're the bread of life and that whoever comes to you will not hunger and whoever believes in you will never thirst. Fill us this morning with you, Lord. Satisfy our hunger and thirst spiritually. Lord, let the message from the prophet in your word Surround our hearts this morning that Emmanuel, God is with us. God, you know every heart in this place, every heart that's watching online. You know what they're up against, what they're facing. You know what they're feeling, what they're going through, what life has thrown at them, what's keeping them up at night, what's making them, you know, wonder and ponder and pray and see. I pray, Lord, bring rest to their hearts. Let them know you're with them. And you're working all things for their good and for your goodwill and good purposes according to your word. Jesus, we come before you this morning and we honor you on this first Sunday of December and your sacrifice that you made for us. The Gospel of Matthew records that as they were eating, Jesus and his apostles, disciples, he took bread Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, thank you. We celebrate you this morning. We celebrate you this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's with you. He's with you, amen. amen. If you need prayer, I'm gonna be over here in this corner. And Jonathan, if you wanna be with me or anybody would like to pray, we'll be over here. Let us pray with you. We'd love to pray. And dismissal, let's sing this. Next chorus, though, as we go out rejoicing in Jesus Christ that he is with us today.